0: God. Today we are celebrating the feast of the baptism of our Lord Jesus Christ. And basically as we look at the baptism of our Lord Jesus Christ, we also see our own baptism in Him. And as we have heard the different readings for today, there are many things that we can talk about. But I believe of the many things that we can talk about, I believe God is saying to us that we are to manifest ourselves as sons of God. We are to manifest ourselves as sons of God. And what does that mean, manifest? Okay? That means we're not just to say that we are sons of God, but we are to demonstrate it by the kind of life and values that we have in life. Okay? And it's not that we're trying to convince them. It's not that we're trying to prove to them that we are like this. Understand... The reason why we want to live as sons of God is because we want to please our Father. Amen? We're not trying to get compliments. We're not trying to get praises. We're not trying to get people to think that we are spiritually good. Okay? It it shouldn't really matter what they think. But what is important is that we live a life that is pleasing to our Father. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay? And as we live a life that is pleasing to our Father, then there will be a dramatic change in the way we live. And people will begin to notice that. And the reason why we want to live this new life in Christ Jesus is because we want people to see Jesus in us. Amen? It's Christ who is going to attract them to the kingdom of God. And so praise be to God, uh, let's go to our gospel right now, okay? It's a simple gospel in the book of Mark, chapter chapter 1, beginning with verse 4 up to verse 11. Well, two things I'd like to share with you, uh, two principles I'd like to share with you. Uh, first, from verse 4 up to verse 8. Basically, what we want to do is to... The the thought I'd like to give to you is this. To walk in repentance is to walk in the transformed life. To walk in repentance is to walk in the transformed life. Okay? And then verse 9 through verse 11. Basically, it's saying to us that we are to live our our lives as sons of God. Now, many of us have gone through the Sacrament of Holy Baptism. And according to the sacrament of holy baptism, we become children of the Almighty. Okay, we don't start out as mature Christians. Many of us, okay, when we confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of our lives, when we receive the sacrament of holy baptism, maybe there were certain things that were changed. You know, we, we might be able to compare ourselves with other people, and we might say, Well, they have more changes than we do in our lives. And sometimes some people say, I think I have more changes than the other people. We need to understand that we have different levels of growth, okay? Different levels of understanding. But the, the, the thing that we need to understand is that in the beginning, we all start out as children of God. Amen? What does that mean as children of God? We see God as our Father who will take care of our needs. We see God as our provider who will supply all the answers or all the provisions for all that we are facing. We see God as our healer who will heal us from our sicknesses and diseases. In others, we always see ourselves as the receivers of all the blessings of God. Amen? How I many of you are glad you received the blessings of God? Okay. So praise be to God, we always see ourselves as the receivers. We receive healing, we receive guidance, we receive provision, we receive strengthening, we receive all the benefits of the kingdom of God. We're children. That's what we're thinking. God is a God who saves us. God is a God who delivers us. God is a God who protects us. In the beginning, we might start out a little bit self-centered. Okay? But as we learn more about the teachings of Jesus, children have to grow up and become mature sons and daughters of the kingdom. And so, we start as a child. Ideally, what God wants is we become sons. And when I talk about being sons of the kingdom of God, I'm talking about mature children of the Almighty in other words in the beginning we're thinking I am receiving healing I mean for example we're reading from the passage of scripture where uh there was a woman with the issue of blood and she was terminally ill no doctor can heal her okay and then uh she heard about Jesus she touched Jesus and she got healed right In the beginning, we see ourselves and identify ourselves with the woman, okay? Our concern in the beginning as children is that we want to touch the Lord Jesus by faith. So that as we touch him by faith, whatever need we have is met. You understand what I'm saying? But then we begin to grow up and become sons. We're not just interested in becoming receivers. We never stop receiving from the Almighty, okay? There will never come a time where we say to God, God, I don't need you to answer my prayers anymore. We will never come to that point. God, I don't need you to heal me anymore. God, I don't need you to meet my needs anymore. We will never come to that point, okay? We will always be dependent upon God as our source. He will always be the one who will supply our every need, and we will always receive from Him. But in the beginning, as children, we are only concerned about our needs, our blessing, our provisions, and our supply. Amen? But when we begin to grow up as sons, we begin to identify with uh, Jesus Christ. Again, In the same scripture, Maybe in the beginning, we identify with the woman who needed to touch Jesus in faith and be healed. But then as we begin to grow up in the Lord Jesus Christ, as we grow up to become sons, we begin to see ourselves in the place of Jesus also. Not just people who receive the healing of God, but people who give up, who dispense, who distribute, who communicate the healing of God to others. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay? I mean, uh, I think it was uh, uh, Pope John Paul II who coined the term, we are wounded healers. Okay? We are wounded healers. While we are needing healing ourselves, we not only rely on the grace of God to heal ourselves, but we rely on the same grace of God to bring healing to others also. Do you understand what I'm saying? We will never stop receiving the blessings of the Almighty. We will never stop needing the provisions of God in our lives. But now, as sons of God, we are taking our place together with Jesus. Jesus is a son. He's not just concerned about his needs. He's concerned about fulfilling the will of the Father. He's concerned about fulfilling uh, the the kingdom, uh, kingdom principles, the kingdom desires of God, our Father. And so we come side by side with him and say, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you have healed me. I thank you that you have delivered me. I thank you that you brought me to the kingdom of God. Now, Lord, what? How can I fulfill my part? What is my part? I'd like to do my part so that I might be able to help you in bringing others into the kingdom of God. That I might be able to help you in bringing the kingdom of God here down on the earth. In other words, we're not just concerned about our own desires, our own needs, what what we we need from God, but rather we are concerned about kingdom purposes. What does the Father want? Amen? I mean, isn't that prayer Jesus Christ taught us? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed, holy, praise, blessed be Thy name. And then we pray, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then He, he says, "Okay, pray for you, Give us this day our daily bread." Okay, our concern first over our need. We never stop uh, uh, thinking about receiving from Him. But our first concern must be the will of God fulfilled in the earth, especially through our lives. You understand what I'm saying? Hello? Understand we are in the season of epiphany. Epiphany means a manifestation of, it. epiphany means a demonstration of, it. epiphany means a revealing. In other words, it's not hidden anymore. That's why we have to start. Light uh, reveals it doesn't, darkness hides, but light begins to reveal. Jesus Christ says, in one part of the gospel, He is I am the light of the world. He said, He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but He will have the light of life. If we follow Him, we will have His light. Isn't that what He said? Amen. Hello. But then he said also, now you are the light of the world. If you follow me, I am the light of the world. And if you follow me, you carry my light. You become the light of the world. Hello? In other words, because people intersect your life at one point in time. At one point in time, they will come close to Jesus because they intersected your life. Amen? We need to understand that, church. And basically, uh, this is not something we want to do accidentally. This is something that we want to do intentionally. Okay? Now let's go to our our gospel today. Let let, let me read from verse 4 up um, to verse 8, like you said, uh, repentance is living the transformed life. John came baptizing in the wilderness and preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. In all the land of Judea, those from Jerusalem went out to meet him, and were all baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached saying, there comes one after me who is mightier than I, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to stoop down and to loose. I indeed baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Now take on what it says here. He came baptizing in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance. Now normally when we talk about the word repentance, it's a word that's not quite popular with other Christians. Because when you talk about repentance, uh, it carries the ideas of grieving. It carries the ideas of probably feeling guilty. Maybe of heaviness and crying and weeping and things like that. Okay? I, I mean, sometimes in the movies, uh, Christians are portrayed as being very grim faced, very sober and they would say, Repent, okay? They make the word repent sound so terrible. But simply, the word repent means to turn away from your former life and turn to the new life that the Lord is giving unto us. You understand what I'm saying? Okay? In other words, once upon a time, we were probably living in darkness. We were living darkness. That is what Isaiah, In the first reading says, okay, the people who sat in darkness saw light coming from the Lord. In other words, once upon a time, we were in darkness, our options were bad and worse. When you're in darkness, the options are not great. Okay, there's nothing really to hope for because you're in darkness, you're in prison. But then the scripture says, when Jesus Christ entered into our world, He brought something that destroyed the darkness. He brought a new way of life. He's saying, I came here and I'm bringing to you the kingdom of heaven. Okay. Once upon a time, you were slaves unto sin. But I came here to tell you that I am defeated sin. I'm defeating the devil. And if you put your faith in me, you will become children of God. God will be your father. The resources, the blessings, the favor, the very resources of heaven will be at your disposal. You understand what I'm saying? He's telling us, this was your life then. You were a slave in the kingdom of darkness. This is the life I'm offering you. A son in the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of darkness, Satan is your master. In the kingdom of life, God is not just your creator; He's not your just your God. He also becomes your your father. Okay. In the kingdom, in the darkness, all you have is sadness. All you have is pain. All you have is disappointment. All you have is sin. In my kingdom, I bring you blessing. I bring you favor. I bring you the resource of the kingdom of God. Here in my kingdom there is laughter, there is joy, there is strength. Before, you did not have this, but now I have entered into your world, I am giving you that possibility. Choose. Would you like to stay in your darkness or would you like to come into my kingdom? You understand what I'm saying? That is the possibility that Jesus Christ opened unto us. Once upon a time, we did not have that. According to the writer of Ephesians, he says, once upon a time, we were strangers and aliens to the covenants of promise. Okay. If you're a stranger, then you're not afraid. If you're an alien, then you're not a citizen. Okay, in other words, In the book of uh, of Ephesians, it says, once upon a time, we had no hope, we had no God in the world. What does that mean? At one point in time, we did not have the right to call to God and expect His help. But because Jesus Christ came into our world, we're no longer strangers. We're no longer aliens. Now, we have become members of the family of God. Now, we have become family. God becomes our Father. Jesus, Lord and Savior, also becomes our Kuya. Do you understand what I'm saying? He's a brother. He God adopted us. We're now related to him by the blood of Jesus. you understand what I'm saying? You're no longer alone. No. Understand what I'm saying? We are children of God. We have a right to call God our Father. We have a right to expect the care, the love, the protection of a Father for us. We have a right to walk in the inheritance of Jesus, because according to the Holy Scriptures, we have become heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. That means what he has inherited, we have also inherited. You understand what I'm saying? You need to understand something. As children of God, you are royalty. Hello? You are royalty. I wish You could see what would happen if you start walking into the courts of heaven. Okay, you might not see this, but every time we come to God in the Eucharist and we pray, and we praise God, we come into the courts of heaven. How many of you, if you saw an angel, you were being called? So you won't be in awe. Oh, it's just an angel. How many of you, if you saw an angel, you would be surprised? Okay. You would be speechless. You would be in awe. Did you see the angel? Yeah. What did he say to you? He asked me my name. What did you say? I don't know. I forgot. Sometimes if you see a celebrity, you know someone who you you you've, you've been wanting to meet for a long time, and you come to the press you're, you know, you, you forget everything. Yeah, you, know, you 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 think like. Growing up, I was growing up as a chess player. And one of my idols before was like Bobby Fischer. Okay, I studied some of his games and. I was inspired by the way he broke the Russian hold on the championship. It's one man against the entire Russian thing. And so, I, you know, I talked to my friends and I'd imagine myself, if I would see Fischer, I'd ask him these questions, what is the best defense of this? How do you do this? And how do you do that? How do you balance your time between preparation and play? Why do you play this? And why? Yeah, Many questions, right? In one day comes to the Philippines. And I'm thinking, well, I'm just, you know, I'm not one of the regular champions. I volunteered to work in the uh, tournament as someone who would move the moves on the board, okay? And we had to do it very quietly because we don't want to attract attention to ourselves. And as a reward, Uh, The one in charge of the federation at that time asked us to talk to this hotel room at this time. We didn't know what was going to happen. So we were just there, just us boys, just seven of us, and we were like, why why are we here? What are we doing here? We didn't know. Then all of a sudden, after about waiting for 20 minutes, the door opens and inside comes Bobby Fischer, the champion of the world. And we were Uh, he shook our hands, he says, Hi, I'm Bobby Fisher. what's your name? Uh, 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 I couldn't think of my name. Suddenly I forgot my name. The thousand and one questions I wanted to ask him, all of those things forgotten because I was awed in his presence. you understand what I'm saying? And I think many of us will be awed if we suddenly see an angel in front of us, right? Now let me tell you this don't you know that when you enter into the courtroom of heaven the angels are all by you why because you and I were created in the image of God they were not hello I mean, if you would walk into the court of God, there will be angels there, and if they see you, they back up a little bit. That's one of the sons of the Almighty. That's one of the daughters, the royal son and the daughter of the Almighty. They back up a bit and they look at you with awe. Why? Because you are a child of the Almighty. You were created in the image of God. God is your father. Jesus is your brother. Okay? You are royal sons and daughters of the Almighty. But sometimes we don't act like that. That's why we need to be taught. That's why we need to learn the word of God. That's why God gives us His grace. That's why God has given us His Holy Spirit to empower us to do something that is beyond our natural abilities. Hello? So we need to understand that, church. And one of the things that He wants us to do is to walk in repentance. And the word repentance is to turn from your old life into the new life that you have with Jesus Christ. No longer are you worried, what's in it for me? What's in it for me? But rather, now you're thinking, what can I do in behalf of the kingdom of God? You're no longer worried about your needs. Why? Because all you have to do is ask the Father, and things come along. Do you understand what I'm saying? No longer will you be insecure concerning your needs. I remember when we started building that thing. Okay? Somebody asked, do you have an immediate this amount?" Okay, he kind of mentioned million. And I said to him, "Uh, we have it, but right now it's in heaven. But don't worry, because somehow, someway, you will be paid. You understand what I'm saying? How do I know that? Because that's what the Bible says, especially in Philippians 4.19. And my God shall supply all your needs according to His riches in glory. There are riches in glory. That's His. And what's His is yours. You understand what I'm saying? And all we have to do is walk according to the Word of God. Some people think, well, you know, it's uh, They don't like changing their ways. Let me tell you this. God has placed blessings in the path of obedience. Okay? Many of us don't even understand what God has prepared for us. You can hear about me teaching about this. You can hear about other preachers preaching about this. You can hear about people testifying about this. But until we change our ways and start doing things the way God does them, then we will only hear about them. We will not experience it. For example, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says, seek ye first what, the kingdom of God. He didn't say, seek ye first your own business. Seek ye first your own happiness. Seek ye first your own pleasures. Seek ye first your own hobbies. Seek ye first your own thing. That's not what he said. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek the kingdom of God first. And the way he does them, that means learn the principles of the kingdom of God. What makes the kingdom of God work? Okay? Walk in the ways of the kingdom of God. He says, when you seek first the kingdom of God, and you learn how the kingdom of God operates, then he says, then all of these things will be added to you. You understand what I'm saying? Before I surrendered my life to Jesus, I had plans my grandfather, my grandmother, my uncle, my aunties, my mom, okay? They all told me this, graduate from college, something I can do, okay? Get a job, get to the U.S., get a job there, earn dollars, Live out the American dream. What did the American dream mean to us? That means having your own house, at least two cars, okay, have a family there, have a retirement plan, and become, you know, a pensioner eventually. You understand what I'm saying? Many Filipinos have that kind of a dream. Many of my batchmates are there already okay and uh i was thinking that way i had an uncle who made him and every time he would come home he's like a hero you know? he had chocolates for us he had gifts for us and he had stories for us and every time he tells so i'd imagine yeah one day i'm going to do that too i'm going to travel there i'm going to travel around the world but then i gave my life to jesus and the lord said well ask me are you willing to do are you willing to give up your own ambition and fulfill my own ambition are you willing to give up your own dream to fulfill my father's dream i said what do you mean well exactly what i said are you willing to give up all that instead of fulfilling your dream fulfill my father's dream for me i said yes I didn't even know what the dream was. But then one day, they told me I was being sent to Calibo. This was way back in 1986. I have never been to Calibo. I don't have an idea what Calibo is. All I know is every January, there are people in the streets marching with their drums, and they paint themselves black. So I thought Calibo was really a wild place. People here had spears. Because that's what I saw, okay? Uh, I didn't think you have uh, modern conveniences. I even wondered, do they have electricity? <laughs> that's how naive I was and I remember kneeling down in my room and saying oh God if you want me to give up all this and I was pointing to my bed my room okay the ability to go to the city because you know I'd go to the malls and well, they, we didn't have malls then, but we had places we would go to watch a movie and things like that You want me to give up all this, you want me to give up my ambition of traveling one day, and you want me to spend my life in Calibo, grow up there and die there. You know, even if I don't get to go abroad, even if I don't get to do all, okay Lord, I'm giving up everything to you. And then finally,
1: my wife and I,
0: with one child, was coming here. It was supposed to be in March of 1987. But January, I came here first to find out what Calibo is, how it looked like, and what are the possibilities. Imagine my surprise, oh, tricycles. <laughs> they have tricycles here. OK, I remember the road from the airport coming here, roughly road. That means you have tricycles. We had sari-sari start, oh, that's all right, you had a radio, one station at least. I have a contact with the outside world. Television, three channels at least. You understand what I'm saying? I had no idea. Okay. I gave up. I said, "Lord, if I, this is where You want me." Praise God! This is where I'll serve You, and if I die here, serving You, that's fine with me. But guess what? I've given up all those things. God gave them back to me. I've been to America, I've been to Europe, I've been to Africa, okay. And just recently, last year, one of my faith goals, which involved my family, just went to Disneyland. And one of the things I said to God, God, I want to be able to go there but Lord, I want to be able to go there without having to worry what we're going to eat, where we're going to live. You know, I want to go there and just look and say, and if my kids ask them, can we buy that store?" We don't have money. I don't want to look like Kawawa when we go there. And so he provided the ticket going there. Didn't have any, didn't, didn't provide the money going there. If they provided for the place that we would like to stay in. they had have to spend money on that. Food? Provided for that also. also. Unless we decided to go somewhere on our own because we didn't find the food there. But who doesn't like the food there? Do you understand what I'm saying? Everything provided. Everything given. And I'm just so overwhelmed. Even my daughter is so overwhelmed because of the goodness of God. Everything I gave up, God returned with much, much interest. See, there's an advantage when you walk in the ways of God. Don't think that what you give up for God, you are losing. Because when you come into a partnership with God, and you walk in the ways of God, whatever it is you need to sacrifice, God will reward you even more that your sacrifice would look little in the face of the rewards that God would give Understand what I'm saying? So walk in repentance, walking in repentance simply means walking in the new life. Amen. I think I stayed there too long, longer than I should have. How many of you learned something from that? Now, let me go to the second half of our of our talk, of our message message of the Holy Spirit, in verse 9 to verse 11, it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan and immediately coming out from the water he saw the heavens parting and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove then a voice came from heaven you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. I've heard people say that this was the time that Jesus Christ was adopted by the Father no he was already the son of the Father while he was in the temple and, uh, and Mary and Joseph were looking for him he says did you not know I must go about my father's business okay but this was the time when he was you know when publicly the father declared this is my son okay see that's what happens when we go through baptism it is a public declaration of who we are okay uh, If you remember in the book of Acts, the Apostle Philip met with a eunuch. The eunuch was reading from uh, the book of Isaiah. I think he was reading from chapter 53. And Philip came to him by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit said, go to that chariot, listen to him, and teach him. And Philip said, do you understand what you're reading? And the eunuch said, "Um, how can I unless somebody teaches me? So Philip teaches him, and so after he learns the truth of the scriptures, the eunuch said, "I believe. I believe. I believe what you're saying. I believe that this is referring to Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who already I believe He took away my sins. I believe." Is there water anywhere where I can be baptized? So he got a baptism because he believed and Philip was taken by the Holy Spirit to another place and you know what that's an event that will take place many times for people who would pay the price and walk the sons and daughters of the king but anyway uh, what we're talking about here is manifesting who we are sons of God see the baptism is a public declaration I'm a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ I have renounced the ways of the world I have renounced Satan I only believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. My, his ways will become my ways. His word will become my word. His life will be the kind of life that I will be living. Now think note what it, he says here. Immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting. The he, another translation says, the heavens were torn apart. In other words, this was something God wanted to do up there for a very, very long time. As we into the baptism, our own baptism, the heavens have been opened for us through Jesus Christ. You understand what I'm saying? Now, there's something about this I I need to talk about also. There's such a thing as walking under an open heaven. And when I talk about walking under an open heaven, it's basically walking under the favor of God. Where things just seem to happen correctly Okay, where prayers just get answered Where you're just thinking of something and you're wondering whether I'm going to pray about it or not and suddenly it comes I remember my early years here We were visited by the main pastor fed him the meal and uh, At the end of the meal I just realized we don't have any dessert for him Now he would die didn't give him any dessert he's not going to scold us if we didn't give him any dessert but because he represented God I wanted to do him a favor because I wanted to do God a favor you understand what I'm saying whatever you do to these ones you do unto me and I was thinking should I ask God because we don't have any dessert God, should I ask you for dessert? That, you know, I'm asking him, should I even ask you for dessert? I didn't ask him for dessert. Someone knocks at our little apartment door by the tapikan uh, apartment. I open it. There's this missionary who lives across. And he was holding half a gallon of ice cream. And he said, I bought this ice cream for myself. I got home. I opened it and I was going to dig into it because I wanted it. And then I heard God say to me, That's not yours. What? I bought it with my own money.
1: I wanted it for
0: myself. What do you mean it's not yours? I wanted you to take that half a gallon of ice cream and bring it there across. That's where we live. And he brought it, so he says, "I have this half a gallon of ice cream. The Lord told me to give it to you. You want it? Yes, thank <laughs> you." The you understand what I'm saying. I didn't even ask God to send us one. I was just wondering, what? Look, should I ask you for ice for dessert or not? Okay. I wasn't even sure. But he did it anyway. You know what? I'm telling you these stories because I want, you know, when I testify to you about what the Lord has done for me, there is something that happens in the spiritual atmosphere that will set you up for the same thing. Uh, The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. In other words, if you choose to believe that, it will happen to you too. Why? Because our God is not a respectable person. So again, I say that because I want you to see that there is such a thing as walking under an open heaven. You know, you know, it's like when the heaven is open to you, blessings just come pouring down. You, you turn the drive, blessings. Turn the drive, blessings, you know. And basically, this is what Deuteronomy says. And the blessing of God will come upon you and overtake you. In other words, God, you know, knows where you're going. So you're still here. He knows you're going there. He paves the way with blessings. And then when you get there, there are blessings there too. This is what God wants to do for each and every one of us. You know why? He's our Father. He wants to bless us as kids. Okay? And I want you to know there's a way to close the open heavens. How do you close open? How do you, you know, I don't say that when you close it, that's it. You've got to. You stop the blessings of God. What? If you choose to walk in unforgiveness. That will stop the blessings of God If you choose to talk negatively about others and you complain about, or, or if you com- complain about things in mind, that, you know, it's, it's kind of saying it's like closing the heavens over you. Okay? When you become greedy and keep things for yourself and not give, that closes the heavens over you. Do you understand what I'm saying? When you put other things first and not God first, that, that kind of closes things over you. You understand what I'm saying? Okay, so we need to understand that. That's the reason why I preach on these things. Because as we learn the principles of God and we walk in them, we continue walking in open heavens. He says, the voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. We are adopted as sons of the kingdom of God. We're baptized, we are adopted as sons. What? We start as children, but as we follow the Lord, we apply His teaching, we begin to mature, we've got sons and daughters, not just concerned about our needs, but doing what the Father tells us to do. Amen? I hope you can learn something.